Hey everybody, so I am currently two weeks into a three-month bike packing trip. What that means is that I have an electric bike um, and a dog trailer. <laughs> and so my dog and I are, yeah, we're traveling around California for three months, going camping and adventuring and exploring I'm still doing coaching calls. I'm still facilitating the Love and Liberation Network online. That's the beautiful thing about the work I do is that I can do it anywhere. So I'm really just out here living my best life. And part of my work is writing my reflections. And I want it to be more accessible. So yeah, I'm recording my voice to read you my reflections that I write. <laughs> It's been a minute since I posted. Now that I'm on this trip, I will be posting more often. Um, I'm prioritizing this. So, um, if you're new here, I'm an attachment coach. I am queer, I'm trans, I'm white, I identify as a trans man, and I help people develop secure attachment, specifically in the context of non-monogamy, specifically with the intention of collective liberation. You're not free until we're all free. Nobody's free until we're all free. So, I help people understand how hierarchies manifest in their interpersonal relationships, and I help them understand how relating to each other in hierarchical ways is oppression that we internalize, and it's actually Hierarchical relationships are contributing to the collective suicide that we are all participating in as far as climate collapse and climate crisis. So, uh, yeah, this is the work I do. It's some deep shit, and I'm really happy to share my resources and reflections here. If you want to go deeper, go check out my blog on the website. There's a link in the description. In fact, I will post links to many resources in the description. Um, I'm going to read this blog post. It's called Secure Attachment Starts With Yourself. And really I'm just sharing my own reflections along the first week of my journey. Um, and I'll continue to post updates. So if you want to check out the pictures and the videos that are part of the blog post, check out the link in the description. But in the meanwhile, sit back and relax, and I'm going to read to you about my adventure and reflections. Enjoy. Secure Attachment Starts With Yourself by Forrest Williams Many times I've heard members of the Love and Liberation Network mention that they're not dating anyone at the moment, so they don't know what to talk about during our weekly Relationship Hour Zoom calls. But what most people don't understand about developing secure attachment is that you don't need to have a sexual or romantic relationship. The beautiful thing about relationship anarchy is that your relationship with yourself is just as much of a priority as your relationships with others. That's why in the work I do with others, we always start by focusing on their relationship with themselves. It can feel counterintuitive, but in the end, relationships are simply mirrors for us to see ourselves more deeply. And the more that we can be with in ourselves, the more we can be with in others. The deeper we can feel and connect 
the deeper we can love. At the core of secure attachment is trust in one's self. How could you possibly develop trust with someone else if you don't even trust yourself first? Trusting others more than you trust yourself is anxious attachment. Trusting yourself more than you trust others, that's avoidant attachment. Secure attachment is that balance between trusting that you can handle whatever challenges come your way and asking for and receiving help when you need it. So yeah, at first glance, my three-month solo bikepacking trip with my dog, Amor, may not seem like it's part of my journey in developing secure attachment, but actually, this trip is a huge investment in my relationship with myself. Trusting I can solve challenges that arise is part of my shadow work. Today is day seven of the trip, and I've already had a problem solve so many times. <laughs> and it's an emotional experience every time. When I was a small human and presenting as a little girl, I received messages, often from males, that I was too stupid to figure things out on my own. This had happened explicitly when a teacher mocked me in class, or my classmates made fun of me for making a mistake, making it mean that my entire character was defective. And it's also happened implicitly, when my parents would take something from, our, from my hands and fix it for me before I even had the opportunity to try. Naturally, I internalized the belief that I was incompetent, which I interpreted to mean that I was also unlovable. So in order to quote-unquote earn love, I did my best to hide my stupidity by studying super hard, going above and beyond, and getting straight A's. Subjects that imperialist dominator culture have gendered as male, like math, especially triggered my self-doubt and social anxiety. I remember coming home from middle school and having panic attacks while trying to do my math homework. And if I was asked to solve a problem in front of the class, my entire body would shut down. My brain would freeze, and I would often start crying out of humiliation at my unlovability being exposed to my peers. Of course, this was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Believing I was incapable of solving problems was what shut down my brain in the first place. I would later find out in college that I was capable of learning math. In fact, as an economics major in college, my econometrics project won first place. But the self-doubt was the reverberations of the messages that were instilled into my small being. Believing the lies that were fed to me by the capitalist patriarchy ultimately made them into a reality. I had internalized my oppression. Now that I'm 29, I'm still unrooting the weeds that were planted in my subconscious mind so many moons ago. On day two of this epic solo trip, I found myself climbing up a steep mountain, carrying a heavy load and quickly running out of battery on my e-bike. My automatic reaction stemmed from the seeds of my oppression, the internalized belief that I was incapable of taking care of myself. My mind spiraled into panic. How long will I be stuck here? Will I be safe? What if this? What if that? What if? What if? What if? A huge part of developing secure attachment, aka trust in oneself, is noticing disempowering narratives, not committing to them. I'm celebrating that I was able to notice when I was spiraling, 
and redirect my attention back to the present moment, doing what I know to do to get out of my head and back into my body. I took off my shoes and touched my feet to the earth. I pet my dog Amor and sang a song. I did some EFT tapping on my chest and tummy where the energy felt most rambunctious. I put some food in my belly. By slowing down and being in partnership with my body, I was able to move the panic and that fear energy through my vessel, priming my channel for new narratives to form. Once my body returned to a state of calm, then I was able to think clearly. Not getting ahead of myself, aka anxiety, but taking things one moment at a time. Within my state of clarity, I could identify the roots of oppression that had been planted in my mind, interfering with my relationship with myself. To redirect my subconscious animal body towards conscious intention, I took out my notes app on my phone and wrote the following message, not only as a declaration, choosing new beliefs to embody, but also as a reminder for the rest of my journey. And if you go to my blog, you'll see there's a picture of the little note, and it says, I trust myself to problem solve with a purple heart and a rainbow. (laughs) So gay. (laughs) You might read this and think, okay, sure, you expect me to to develop secure attachment by choosing to believe I can trust myself? I know, it sounds kind of cheesy, right? But this is the magic of spell work. When your intentions align with your speaking and your actions, you are integrated. You are connected to your power, to yourself. Setting conscious intentions requires exploring the shadows of the seeds that have been planted in your mind by systems of oppression. Setting conscious intentions is like steering a ship. You get to reclaim your life. You get to reclaim your autonomy. The words you speak carry energy, and they stem from your thoughts, your mind. Speaking, singing, signing, or writing your intentions is casting the energy of a spell. Spells are simply recipes to alchemize energy, transforming disempowering narratives into empowering ones, ones that build trust. At the end of the day, you embody what you believe. A declaration said with confidence casts that energy out into the universe. The more you believe what you say, the more you will embody your belief. So embody the energy you want to invite into your life. This magic doesn't work overnight. It's something you practice over and over again until it becomes ingrained in your subconscious mind, and thus embodied in your being. It's literal magic. (laughs) This is why I assign my coaching clients practices, not homework. Capitalism fools the subconscious mind into believing you can buy quick, easy solutions to anything and everything. This might be true for some things, but you can't buy self-trust. It's a labor of love that requires commitment, consistency, and ultimately, belief. Belief that it's possible in the first place. If you believe creating new patterns is possible, then you've created the possibility for it to emerge with time. But if you can't even imagine a reality where self-trust is possible, there's zero chance of it happening. I'm not selling you short-term solutions for a quick buck. I'm opening the door to deeper, multidimensional truths so you can at least have the opportunity 
to explore new possibilities that feel aligned with your values. And look, I've been doing the spell work and witchcraft, you know, alchemizing energy to my desired outcome, for about five years now. I've been planting so many seeds of love in myself over and over and over again that I'm finally at a point where I'm feeling my garden blossom, and I'm still planting seeds as I'm harvesting the fruits of my labor. This is how you develop secure attachment. I feel high on life, slurping up the sweet juices of the labor I've been cultivating for years. So if you're starting out, don't lose hope, and also know that there's never a finish line. It's an ongoing journey. There's no end to the depth of trust you can continue to develop with yourself. That's why celebrating the little things is everything. If you're waiting till you cross the finish line to celebrate, you will never celebrate. You'll be stuck in scarcity, chasing after the next thing without feeling into the abundance that is already present. So yeah, after biking 45 miles in two days, <laughs> carrying heavy cargo and facing my shadows as I'm forced to rely on myself to solve challenges, I'm physically and emotionally exhausted. And I'm also really grateful for giving myself the opportunity to deepen trust with myself. All these traditionally gendered skills of quote-unquote fixing mechanical things is way out of my comfort zone. And I feel so alive. <laughs> I've been wanting to do a bike trip for years now, and I'm finally doing it. And with my dog, no less. My past selves look at who we are now, and they rejoice with tears in their eyes. They're so proud and amazed that we're living our dreams, that we're brave enough to follow our internal compass and explore our edges. At its root, the word confidence means with trust in Latin. It's been seven short days, and I'm already a different person than when I left. I can feel my confidence growing. It feels so good to be alive. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something for yourself out of that share. And I said it once, I'll say it again. I'm continuing to offer services as I'm on this trip. So, you know, if you're looking to unlearn hierarchies, you know, unlearn the ways that you've internalized oppression in your life, we are embodying liberation in the way that we show up with each other in the Love and Liberation Network. It is a group for non-monogamous folks who are developing secure attachment and learning to do that without having to rely on hierarchies. It's such a nourishing space. We meet twice a week on Zoom, and ugh, yeah. <laughs> There's been unanimous feedback so far that folks feel like it's a sacred space where they can really show up vulnerably and authentically, and it feels healing just to be in relationship with each other in the way that we're interacting with each other. And that's the whole point, you know? Life is art. You know, you can choose to just play it safe and get by by clinging on to the systems of oppression for safety, which, like, is definitely a route, you know? You can choose that if that feels the safest to you. And then there's other possibilities, possibilities for deeper connection, for authentic, organic connection that's not scripted by the white supremacist heterocapitalist patriarchy. And that's what we're doing at the Love and Liberation Network. There's a link in the description. Check it out. You can try it out for a week, no charge. If you like it, stick around. If not, that's chill. But at least you tried something new. Another thing that I offer folks is one-on-one -on -one relationship coaching. 
also a link in the description. You can book a curiosity call with me to start off and just to get a feel for each other, see if we're a good fit, see if this is the kind of work that you're interested in doing. And lastly, um, you can support me by sharing this podcast episode with a friend or sharing the blog article with a friend. I am going to continue to post some really valuable resources about relationship anarchy and love and liberation. I'm going to continue sharing my reflections as I'm doing my own shadow work on my big journey. And ultimately, I definitely welcome cash donations, which you can do on my Ko-Fi page. The cool thing about Ko-Fi is that they don't charge fees, so whatever you pay me is the money I'm gonna get, unlike Patreon who takes out a chunk of it. Um, and let me tell you, the money is really going a long way for me, so um, I receive that with deep gratitude and it really does give me a sense of stability so I can continue to keep creating resources and finding ways, not finding ways, but really taking the time and care to make them accessible, like recording an audio version of what I wrote, for example. So any and all support that you are capable of offering, I gladly receive that. Let's spread the love.